there we go. There we go. Nice. All right. Supposedly, 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 what is it? What's the what's the correct terminology? It is supposed. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yes. Supposedly. It is recording, and we shall have a fine conversation about many things which will be recorded. Indeed. I'm going to go to my office. Right, right, right. I'm going to my study. Ah, Do you smoke fine cigars there? Do you know, I actually don't like cigars much anymore. I'm like, just, they're just not that enjoyable. No, yeah, I, I tried one the other day, and I was like... Either it was a very bad cigar, no, or that's just I was how like, cigars. why did I ever like this? Because they were cool and new, and now that you're, they're not cool and new, you're like, they're not very good. Yeah. It's, like, it's like most movies in the 1950s. They were amazing at the time because they were cool and new, but you just can't do it now that you know that there's better things out there, like not smoking cigars. Yes. Vaping in general. It doesn't explain why old men like cigars, though. Old men like cigars because it gives them an excuse to sit around doing nothing for a couple hours talking to dudes. Yes. And there is there is that whole like social lubricant. You were by yourself when you tried a cigar, I assume. Uh yeah. See? I, I had a cigar, no, it was with people, and we all oh, okay. said the same thing. We're all like, this is terrible. <laughs> Maybe the uh, maybe the simulation, maybe the um, the matrix has been reprogrammed so that now cigars just don't taste very good. Yeah, that's my that's a good theory. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hi guys, welcome to the freaking epic podcast. Uh, I am Zach, and, and I am joined I'm today Nate. by Nate, who I just can't interrupt like three times. What's up, Nathan? Oh, not much. I am just in a post-Chinese food food coma. <laughs> Where'd you eat? Was it good? It was good. It was just Panda Express. Oh, okay. I don't know if that even counts as... Uh, Panda Express is not very good. Okay. Uh, I live in... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, right, Port right. Iowa. Right. <laughs> Panda Express is the best Chinese. <laughs> That is really sad. It is really sad. And it is totally true. There Panda, is there's just not good Chinese here. Panda Express is run by a guy who once saw a movie on about China. No one else in the entire city has ever even heard of China. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I finally saw I finally saw Book of Eli. Ooh, nice. Nice, like, nice. So I remembered you talk I mean you I know you've talked about that a few times and you always mentioned that it was like a movie that you really thought I'd like. And so yeah. I was like I, I bought a TV uh this week or maybe last uh this weekend. Um so now I finally have a television after my roommate has left and I was like just sitting down like, you know what? I should watch a movie. It was weird. And so I sat down and watched it and I really enjoyed it. I th- I thought it was a really cool movie. Yes, indeed. Um, isn't it on Netflix right now? Is it free? Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. Well, everything's free if you Google. But um, yeah, or or 
I, I don't Google anymore because Google's cracking down on that sort of thing. So I just go to the, <laughs> I just, uh, I you just, go to Yandex.com. Yeah. I, I go to, I go to Russian Google because they will allow us to <laughs> steal the Americans, uh, movie making money for free. Of course. Yeah. That, that's funny. Did I tell you that? Or do you know that? Just, is that a uh, thing? I knew Windows? that, but I feel like I know it because you told me that. Oh, okay, okay. So, I was wondering if that was just a common thing. Like people are like, yeah. Eh. I'm like, who would, who, which, because you can't, you can't like go to Chinese Google because they'll have everything censored. But I'm like, yes. Russia, they would, they would benefit from us not paying Hollywood their dollars. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I watched the movie, and you know, there's, there's like a few nitpicks I have with it and stuff, which we can talk about in a bit. But yes. I really. I really enjoyed kind of the, like, I've, I've been feeling, like, really down and kind of purposeless and, like, eh, what am I doing in life, um, as I am wont to do. But, I, I, like, that really, like, restored my faith in God almost. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, that is kind of how things work. Like, it doesn't matter even if you're just following a voice to nowhere. Like, just the end when he whined. Uh, spoilers, by the way, will abound. Uh, yes. The, the end when he walk when he just like gets on the water. I'm like, what is happening? Oh my goodness, he's going to Alcatraz. And then like the fact that they had you know printing press and he was able just like all of this stuff made sense. And it wasn't even for him. Is a kind of a cool thing. Like well, yeah. I don't know about cool. It's kind of sad, but it's kind of like real life. Like a lot of times you're not doing these things for your benefit and for your life. You're doing them for the people following after you to kind of blaze right. a trail, create like a world that's better for them. Well, yeah. In that sense, I'm kind of, I, I loved the movie. Um, well, I, there, there's a lot to say about it. I, I, yeah. underst- I get that people gave the movie a lot of hate. It did not get good reviews. Oh, really? No, I thought, it got, I thought it got pretty solid reviews. It got uh, 47%. Oh, geez. Um, and the reason is, is, Basically, our culture um, does not like religious movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, nobody no, knew. And I feel like the marketing kind of tricked people into seeing it. It was Denzel, and the, and people didn't know it was a religious movie. And then they go in, and they're like, oh, the Bible. And they're like, I hate the Bible. Um, yeah. But me, um, I love the Bible. <laughs> and so I was. it was like an extra bonus. I was like, I didn't know either. Nobody knew. I went to the movie. I was like, this is going to be good. I want to see Denzel, you know kick some zombie butt and um and then and then it turns into this like religious kind of parable almost and yeah. um so i i enjoyed it immensely and i enjoyed the message immensely and i i especially liked the denzel's character um yeah he has a calling on his life and he knows what that calling is yeah and he has a, a specific purpose and it's a big purpose so and, and i that, like I like yeah. too that he eventually kind of came to the point where he realized that his purpose wasn't just his purpose, if that makes sense. Like his purpose is to do the things that makes his pur- purpose worthwhile in the first place. Yeah. Like, you know, his, his purpose isn't just to ignore everything and walk. His purpose is like, if he actually trusts in God and believes in God, he doesn't have to just avoid everything in life he can actually be a part of the world and still trust that god will make it you know get him to where he needs to go yeah 
Yes, indeed. And uh, so, did you like the <laughs> the 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 violence in the movie? <laughs> the limbs <laughs> well, chopping off and and all of that stuff. I, I feel like you're saying this because you you are giggling gleefully, like yes, it was delightful. <laughs> is, is that is that a correct assumption, my good sir? Some of it, yes. Yeah. No, actually, um, even though some of the some of the violence is pretty graphic, I thought that the the staging of it of a lot of the scenes was really good. Yeah. Really well, I really liked the the kind of the first the very first uh piece because like you kind of have this really slow like no talking for like six or seven minutes, which I, re- I, by the way, I really enjoy almost all movies that start with like five minutes of no talking. I, I've, I think I've enjoyed everyone I've seen that started like that. Like, really? Yeah. I, I mean, granted, the only one I can think of right now is uh, the, uh, the only other one I can think of at this exact moment is the Samurai Jack movie, which is um, <laughs> probably not a, not a very convincing, uh, a very convincing argument, but but like I, I really like when you know that that kind of the slow pace of the very first, it's just a really long shot, and then it kind of establishes like, oh, there's a there's a dead body here, and he's like someone's hunting cats, and it just gives like this real kind of it gives you an understanding of what the vibe's going to be. You kind of you know immediately kind of what feel you're in for, and then I liked that like there was almost like a shock to your system of like slow, 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 kind of slow burn, not much happening. And then you still, when Denzel's involved or Eli or whatever his name is, I don't know. I assume that's the name of just whoever he got the backpack from. Um, Yeah. But I like the idea that, you know, he's kind of like this slow methodical character and he just kind of like, you think nothing's, I mean, you know that there's going to be a fight and he's going to, kill people because you're like well, i mean it's an action movie it's gonna happen but yeah. he just kind of very slowly backs away into the into the bridge and yeah. it just kind of all of a sudden happens and and i feel like that's just kind of an interesting way to to go about violence is like it's sudden and it happens and it's horrifying in real life because that's that's kind of how violence in real life isn't like violence in movies where it's kind right. of like Almost, I mean, this movie was obviously stylized, but where it's like stylized and like almost slow motion, like this was like quick and brutal. And then, and then it's like that, then that sparked like the entire first fight scene was maybe what 30 seconds, but it was really, it was really well done. And it was like, it was such a kind of, it like set your expectations for the movie. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. What do you call it when you have just the silhouettes? Maybe that's the word of, of, of characters fighting they did that in the in the james bond movie skyfall i thought that was really cool too um yeah which uh, of course Rod, roger deakins made it look really cool but um but yeah the uh, the that scene there's like a, a a whole 10 seconds where you just see their shadows and it's kind of like a comic book i thought it was really cool yeah i thought and it was cool like okay so going in i knew the I assume from you, but it could have been from someone else. Like I knew the plot twist um, going in, which was again spoilers, oh. all of the spoilers. So that probably you know changed how I how I experienced the movie. But I was thinking, oh, he's backing up into the tunnel so he can use echolocation to like figure out uh-huh. their their um, 
so locations. You knew beforehand, before watching it, you knew that he was blind? Yeah. I think I think I think you told me or maybe someone else did. So oh. that kind of, I mean but I tried to think like if I didn't know what I how would I feel about this? Actually and if I didn't know like I think I probably would have enjoyed it a little more if I didn't know, but still even knowing it was still um oh. there was really something about the way the movie went that I couldn't predict what was going to happen. Like a lot of movies you kind of know what's going to happen. This one I I legit didn't know where it, where it was going that's probably like uh, the biggest predictor if i will like a movie is um how unpredictable it is oh interesting um in which my one of my biggest pet peeves these days is when the plot of a movie is mostly given away in the trailer and yeah. i watch the movie and i'm like yep tick off that plot point and then check off that plot point and there's really no, there's no mystery, and it's just like a okay, yeah. So I'm, I feel that way about a lot of movies. So I'm actually I'm considering movies that I really am in, gonna, I know I'm going to be into. I'm considering not watching trailers for because uh, that's what I do. I I know that uh, I think I will enjoy them a lot more uh, if I don't know what's going to happen. So, so but what yeah. I do is. Any big any movie that I know for sure I'm going to watch, I don't watch a trailer. Just I just know that it'll it'll lessen my enjoyment of it. Yeah. Uh, there is something nice about uh, kind of what Marvel's doing, where they put fake plot points in their trailers. Yes. Yes, um, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was kind of interesting. Like the whole pacing of the movie was odd because it was that super slow, and then that kind of and then that like fast fight scene and then kind of back to super slow and then you didn't know until you saw Mila Kunis you didn't really know you in a movie there's always going to be at least two main characters there's never going to be just one person there's always going to be like you know a side character or something but until you saw Mila Kunis you were like where's this going there's never like there's not even going to be a side character or maybe yeah Um, I like the plot point about kind of the shaky hands. Oh, I, I really like the way they didn't. I mean, they spelled things out for you, but they didn't like beat you over the head with it. Like they didn't yeah. um, beat you over the head with like what these details mean. And I think that's something something pretty important to world building. Like a lot of movies kind of yeah. go, "This is what every single character is and what every single you know thing means." But I like it. Yep. I, I, like people talk about you know, Donnie Darko or Inception yep. because in large point for uh, in large part, they want to create, figure out what the meaning was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It was really well. Uh, the world building was, was, was great. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I watch movies like that and I always ask, what would I do if there was a, <laughs> an apocalypse? And it was, I this uh, movie came out in 2009 and uh I asked in if I remember right 2009 was like peak zombie zombie land oh yeah the, the first one came out in 2009 and so we were at, at like peak zombie so I was like uh, it was a refreshing post apocalyptic take there were no zombies <laughs> there were just just cannibals know. yeah just cannibals <laughs> shaky handed cannibals is that yeah. a real thing just like 
eating a lot of human. I, I mean, I assume we don't know anyone who's eaten enough. Okay, that can't that can't be a real thing. They they had to have just made that up. Now that I think about it. Yeah, but it makes you want to Google it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I feel like without that movie, no one would Google that, and also without that movie, everyone would be too afraid to Google that. Yeah. Because, like, they're like, "What the? Uh, the the CIA is like, what is he? Oh, okay, he just watched Book of Eli. All right, carry on, yeah. unflag." <laughs> um, yeah, I it just the whole. I don't know. It just it kind of woke up my spirit a little bit. It was it was really nice yeah. just to have that kind of like explanation of purpose, and it was kind of cool because it felt like. It was a. It felt like it was people who were making a, like people who believed in God but weren't necessarily Christian, making a movie about like about that because it didn't. Yeah. It never felt like it was. It felt more like it was apologizing for being a, a movie about Christianity than anything. Yeah. But it was also like I don't know. It was just. It was really well done. It was really good. I mean, so nitpicks. I thought that. Um, I thought that the like I love the tone out the color tone in the movie, mm-hmm. but a lot of it looked like they just slapped a color filter on a regular. Right. Shot. Yeah, when they like, do a, a long shot of the sky, especially, and you're like, oh, that's just a filter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram has probably ruined us for that. I'm like, okay, yeah. so they applied a filter and. Because like yep. the lighting, the lighting behind it was pretty standard daytime lighting. I feel like I felt like yeah. Um, so that that was probably my biggest my biggest qualm with it. It was just like okay, it doesn't it doesn't look like anything. Like you watch a game like The Hunger Games or a movie like The Hunger Games, and you can the coloration just feels so much different than yep. than it did in this movie. This movie kind of the coloration felt cheap. Yeah, um, I have. I have like same niggle the with the with some of the cinematography, um, just feeling a little jarring, unrealistic, um, and Mila Kunis is acting being a little stiff and a little wooden. Yeah, I actually did think Mila Kunis like that's weird. That's probably the first time I've ever thought that. But Mila Kunis did. She felt like she was in a slightly different movie. Yeah. Which maybe that's just because we're trained to think of her that way because she is in rom-coms and that 70s show. And well, but she's – I've seen her in everything. I mean she's in all sorts of films and she's always been a good actress in everything I can think of. Yeah. I yeah, I, maybe she was a little bit miscast for, for the part, but – um, it didn't. It didn't harm the movie. I don't think. So the um, the thing about the thing I actually enjoyed almost the most about Book of Eli is some of the little touches uh-huh. in it. And there are two. There are two little things that I just was in love with. First of all, mm-hmm. I think the score has, oh, has kind of yeah. like electronic score and these really long, like droning guitar kind of swar- swarthy tones. Uh, while he's walking around the landscape, yeah, and it's just like a match made in heaven, almost. Yeah, I could just I, watch Denzel walking around all day listening to that score. Um, yeah, and then well, the very, the very end of the movie, they have, they have the score going again while the Bible's uh-huh. being made, and I just wanted to sit there for an hour 
watching the Bible be printed <laughs> and listen to this to this score. I can literally just watch it all day. I was like, oh, please keep going. And the movie ends, and I was just like craving more. I was like, I want more Bible making montage with this really cool score. So. I actually uh, I I made sure that the that the movie played the credits because the credits are really long, like five minutes long or so, or six minutes long or some something. Mm-hmm. And I just I just kind of walked around my house in this in the dark and with the music, just thinking about life. Like yeah. it just the score is so perfectly matched. Yeah. It was yeah. It okay, so like you know, when Lord of the Rings, there's something about the way the score matches with the shots that yeah. it just feels like I don't know, like it feels momentous. And this yeah. felt it felt momentous, but it also felt like sad and hopeful. I really I really like I really enjoy things that are kind of that are like dystopian, sad, but there's a real hopeful streak in them. Like mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, I mean that's kind of um, Francis Schaeffer uh, in uh, wrote a book called Art in the Bible, mm-hmm. and he kind of uh, one of his theses was that uh, Christian art should reflect the story of the world, which is kind of like, you know, which is basically like a Lord of the Rings type thing where uh, you're in a paradise, things are good, and then some sort of uh, tragedy enters the world, and darkness enters the world, and it gets worse and worse, and you have to journey through it with some with some companions, and then someone sacrifices something, and then it. it but then, kind of the point of a of a Christian thing versus another thing is, it ends with the redemption, with the resurrection, kind of with the, oh. with, like, you know, it like this book, like or that movie. Cause like it was, you know, the whole time everything's terrible, but at the very end you're like, Oh yeah, it's all going to come back. They're going to remake it. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I I'm sad that, um, the movie got a lot of hate. <laughs> That's so silly. Cause it was, I mean, reviewers. To be fair, if I were a reviewer, I might hit, like if I were going in seeing all the other movies around 2009, like I could see how the coloration would would feel a bit cheap and like um I, I don't know, I just but it was good. Like yeah. just the the little details of Denzel like feeling around for things, but like so subtly that you wouldn't have known he was blind if unless you were told beforehand. Yeah, you know, at the moment the that I found out, I I actually was like, no way. I have to go back and watch this movie. Did so, you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I watched it again in the theater, but I've watched it many times at home. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, because I, I, was, I was watching it because I was like, well, let's find out if this spoiler is true. And then when he's kind of like, he's, you know, he always like sniffs a little bit or like he, he listens a lot, like, he he stumbles over a lot of things in ways you think are just stumbles, but they're. Um, it, it was really interesting. I liked the fact that he always. So his first fight scene was in a bridge. So I mean, it's it's pretty un uh, it's pretty unrealistic, but you know, movie logic, whatever. You could kind of make a case for like the the echolocation thing, like he. Okay. Like he's here. Uh, yes, I actually thought the whole. 
the you know after I've watched it a few times, I watch the movie and I think this guy's a superhero and his superpower is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because I'm watching these fight scenes and I'm like, oh, he should have died right there. Or he like dodged a bullet and that was the Holy Spirit like helping him. <laughs> so <laughs> I, lo- I love that though. There's like an excuse for it. Movies are always like doing that. But in yeah. this one, I don't, and I like that he did get shot toward the end. Like, yeah. uh, like, I don't know, you know, usually there's kind of the bad guy pulls you out and has this big momentous thing and shoots you. And it's like, Oh man, it, it was only that the bad guy was shooting. The main guy was shooting you. you of course you couldn't get hit by the henchmen, but it yeah. didn't feel that way in this. It didn't feel the same kind of silliness about it. Yeah. That, that moment in the movie where he gets shot, I, I had this gut reaction, like, God, where are you? Almost like, why have you forsaken me? Kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's just a, a little bit of a, a wink and a nod to the, to him being a Christ figure. So, well, I think it's also too like that's. It was the crisis of faith. It was the moment of like yeah. what you actually believe, and yeah. because the devil will blast you will hit you with stuff and especially there'll be a moment where everything you've ever done feels like it's worthless you know mm-hmm. like that's that's guaranteed and i don't know i i it was it was interesting because i was like well he can't die how does i and i uh i assumed that he had like hidden the real book like he'd replaced the pages yeah fake pages but then when it kind of came out that it was it was braille and then the girl who was the Gary Oldman's uh, kind of sidekick, I guess, like mm-hmm, slash yeah. slash slave, like yeah. when she wouldn't read it for him, I was like, oh man, that's such a that's such a like po- It's such a beautiful way to go about it. Like, and yeah. her daughter, like, like, like he couldn't have the truth, the you know, the powerful words very specifically because he wasn't worthy of them. If he had been worthy or even become worthy, he could have had, like, if he would have been like, Hey, I, you know, if he would have actually done something with, um, Mila Kunis's character and like, if he would have done right, he could have had what he wanted, but it's kind of fun. Cause like in the, in the real world, once your motivations change, you don't want, the exact same things, even though you could have them now yeah. that you have the right motivations. It's really strange. Yeah, I, thought, I, I really dug Gary Oldman's character. I know that he's yeah. probably typecast as the bad guy in, in uh, too many movies, but he is a great actor and I loved him in this, in the book of Eli. And, and I, I loved, <laughs> I loved that they were kind of saying, you know, just because people misuse the Bible doesn't negate the Bible. Yeah. I yeah. I absolutely loved that. And and I didn't even know that he was talking about the Bible until until the end of the movie, but then I, I rewatch it and then, and he's like he's like the t- those TV preachers almost that are just blatantly yeah. manipulative and he just kind of feel gross about. And he knows that there is power to manipulate in in the book. And I was just like, yeah. "Oh, that's that's good stuff." I I wish I I I knew it also the whole time like I feel like you or someone else told me that it was the Bible. So like I knew, I knew the two main plot twists like before, yeah. 
But if I hadn't known, that might have that would have been really cool, actually. Yeah. Although I guess you know, once you saw the cross, like it would have been like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I like the little like he prays with Mila, and then she prays with her mom. Like just the just the kind of mimetic nature of of faith like that you pass on things that work and things that make make life better and there is real power in like i don't know there's like an expression of caring and gratitude that doesn't happen in a lot of in a lot of non-christian life now you know non-christians are kind of starting to realize this and kind of creating their own versions of of religion but like there's there's just there's real power in prayer even not just in the you know metaphysical reality of prayer like you know god listening Mm -hmm. to you like but even in the way we're designed like it makes it it creates in us a psychological impact a psychological um kind of uh it it has a psychological impact that's, that's powerful yeah totally Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was uh, very glad I watched that movie. You were right; I did like it. Like I can see where the issues would come in, but mm-hmm. like I, I've if, if people can overlook the fact that um, uh, outrage alert, Star Wars makes no dang sense. Like the <laughs> like I like the new the new Force Awakens that everyone loved. It yeah. was. It was literally the most plot hole ridden movie I've seen in my entire life. Yeah. And if people are okay with that, they could be okay with like some little uh, niggling things with Book of Eli. Yeah, I totally agree. Did you did you get to see Joker yet? No, I haven't. I actually i I didn't want to go during opening weekend because before the news said anything, I always just assumed there'd be a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like. The news tried to make one happen, but yeah, it, didn't. it felt it definitely felt that way. <laughs> like I, I was posting memes, like not on Facebook, but on kind of alternate social media sites where I can uh, post uh, edgier stuff. But yeah. I was posting, I was posting memes about like the the media poking poking uh, Joker with a stick, like oh come on, cause a mass shooting. Exactly, that's it's exactly what it felt like they were doing. So, uh, but anyway, so I have not seen it because I didn't see it during opening weekend for that. And I haven't seen it since cause I'm lazy and don't go to the movie theater. Yeah. I am. Uh, I, 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 I came to a realization the other day. I, I can't remember what movie I watched. Um, it was something forgettable though. I, I <laughs> this was like last week and that is this, I just don't, enjoy going to the movies as much as they used to. Yeah. So I think there's something about when we loved going to the movies, we were 17, 19, you know, we were trying yeah. to get out of the house and do something. So yeah. there's kind of like an escape. So it, it, it had, it created kind of a psychological uh, thing in our minds where we felt like because it was true, we felt like that was our salvation. Like that was our, escape from home so but now we don't feel like that we feel like it's work and it's good it's still good and worthwhile work but we just it's it's work to 
to go out and go to the movies. It is, and it's expensive, and there's so much good TV on right now. And besides that, even, I mean, not only is there good TV, but there's good cinema. Like, I don't know if you've watched the, have been watching the Irishman trailers. It could be Martin Scorsese's best film ever, and it's just going to come to Netflix. <laughs> wow. Uh, confession, I have never seen a Scorsese film. Uh, never seen Goodfellas. No. Seen a, no, actually, I don't think you've even seen a bit of it. Is Goodfellas the one with um, Sean Connery? No. That's The Untouchables. I've seen that. I haven't seen, so no, I have not. I've never seen a Scor- I've never seen a Scorsese film. I've never seen a um, Tarantino film. Okay, just, I'm, I, a, I'm an uncultured swine. All right, I should not recommend this being your first Scorsese movie, but I'm going to anyways. You Is should check out The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't wanna. It looks awful. It is. The one of the dirtiest movies I've ever seen, so I can't recommend it on like a moral level, but it's also one of the most interesting movies and one of the most well made movies I think I've ever seen. Really? And and it's just it's got the di- you know, Leonardo DiCaprio just chews up every scene he's in. <laughs> and it's got it's got this uh this scene with Matthew McConaughey where he's training um, Leo's character in how to do drugs and make millions on Wall Street. And it's, it's he's only in the movie for like a minute. And it is, <laughs> it's I one heard, of the greatest minutes in cinema. I heard that was actually not a movie thing. Like they saw him, Matt McConaughey, doing that to warm himself up. And basically, I, I mean, I, I don't know exa- exactly what the thing was, but I, I read an article that basically he, that was how he pumps himself up to act. Wow. Be like every day. And they basically just said, screw what we wrote and do that instead. That's better. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know if there's like a PG 13 version out there. I, um, I am, I am a grown man. I have seen the South Park film. I have mm-hmm. seen uh, many horrible things. I, I've seen many things far more horrible than would uh, be available on a movie screen. So it's fine. Dang. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Wolf, <laughs> been... Wolf of Wall Street is probably the the raunchiest movie I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, wow. Um, but it's, yeah, it's well made. It's like the social network of I, Wall I Street. I never saw the social network because... Well, I okay. So I saw the movie you recommended, uh, Moneyball, and I just I get that it was wonderful and great, but it just didn't click for me. And I feel do you, like, th- do you like baseball? No. Okay. D. Yeah, that's the thing. If you have, <laughs> if you have romantic feelings about baseball, you will like Moneyball. Okay, and I, I did when I was a kid, I guess, but. Also, I'm just not much of a drama guy. I like my dra- I like I love movies with drama that are cut with something else. Like I want I want all the drama of a drama just make it happen to superheroes or make it happen in <laughs> Victorian England or something. Like yeah. or in the zombie apocalypse. well not the zombie apocalypse, but anything any other apocalypse. Man, it stinks that I don't live uh, near you because I can't physically force you to watch something. <laughs> <laughs> you have, I mean, several of my, I, 
I don't know why I've been thinking about this, but the the South Park movie I was forced to watch. Really? <laughs> yeah, um, my friend Big Mike, who died now, by the way. Oh. Sad. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that is yeah. Sad. Um, but he, he, he forced, literally forced me to watch it. Like he turned it on and I was like, no, I refuse to watch this. It's garbage. It's horrible. And I, I refuse to watch it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're going to watch 10 minutes of this and then we'll turn it off. And I was like, I was like, fine. And then I was like, okay, I, I, this is, this is awesome. I watched the whole thing, you know, I, a lot. Of, and then you and you and, uh, you and Justin kept watching me, kept making me watch horrible films like constantly. Really? Thankfully, I never, I never had to watch the cell. I always escaped whenever you guys tried to make me watch uh, yeah, that. The, yeah, <laughs> the cell, the cell still disturbs me to this day. It's one of those movies I just don't like to think about because it's uncomfortable. You watched it like two or three times. Yeah, I was, I was um, a glutton for punishment. I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I can't think of one that you guys forced me to watch that I loved, but I'm positive that there were many. I will never watch Van Wilder again. Oh God, that was so. That was, oh, no. like everyone in the theater threw up. Yeah, I think I was the only one who didn't throw up, and I was dry heaving. Yeah, it was uh, bad. Um, was, okay, see, that's the worst movie. Yeah, like Wolf of Wall Street doesn't make you try. Doesn't make me you throw up. I assume. Uh no, but he does do quaaludes, and there's just like a, a bunch of like everything that happens to everybody you're like it's a perfect anti-hero movie <laughs> so. okay by the way, i i've i've looked this up before because i've because i never know but what the heck is a quaalude it's a downer right it's like a like a ambient almost or something yeah i i actually don't know but um <laughs> he mixes it with something and then he's unable to He's unable to uh, walk and talk, so he can only like crawl around and curse. So. That's that sounds hilarious so or horrifying. Ten minutes of the movie is him and Jonah Hill wrestling, trying to kill each other, but they're both on drugs and they can't walk properly. And then he gets into uh, like a two hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini and crashes it. <laughs> okay, that sounds like an that sounds like a Family Guy episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, uh, so you haven't seen a single Martin Scorsese film. Wow. No, I've never seen. I I I was going to have watched my first Quentin Tarantino film because uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was like, okay, that actually looks pretty cool. So I might watch my first Quentin Tarantino film. So that's something. Hmm. I almost watched the movie The Departed was based off of the Korean version. Okay. Or Japanese, I forget which. Yeah, I, I'm gonna recant about Wolf of Wall Street. You should watch The Departed for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say Departed seems like I, one I would actually enjoy. Um, actually, Hugo is a kids' movie. You might like. It. Oh, okay. I take it back. I've seen Hugo. Hugo wasn't very good. It was extreme, extraordinarily well made, but also yeah. it was boring and dumb, and I didn't like it. There was yeah, just no it wasn't... point. Yeah, the point is it's like, hey, look at how beautiful movies are. Um, yeah, I get that. But so was the Majestic, and I like the Majestic yeah. made me feel that. Uh I'm looking at Scorsese. I never watched Gangs of New York, but he did that. It seems like a movie you would probably enjoy. 
Um, you and Justin should watch that without me sometime. I've seen Casino. Oh, okay, I take it back. I've seen I've seen like um, I don't know where and why I, how I watched it, but I've seen like bits and pieces of it. So I've seen like probably half to two thirds of Casino. So and okay. it was it was good, but not my jam. Like okay. I could see I could see the I could see how people would enjoy it and and how it was good, but it just wasn't quite my thing. No. Which is actually exactly what I felt like about Martin Scorsese. So that does make me feel better. That makes me feel like uh, my predictions were accurate. If you want to watch a movie and literally feel like you're going insane, watch Shutter Island. No, I don't want to feel like I'm going insane. <laughs> I watched uh, this just terrible movie. Awful. You should never watch it. But not mm-hmm. in like a bad way. Just it's not. It's just a bad movie. Um, uh, but Adrian Grenier was in it, and I liked Adrian Grenier, so I was like, yeah, I'll watch it, because that guy's cool. And then um, it, it was called Harvard Man, and it has like a 10-minute drug sequence, because you were talking about 10-minute drug sequences. But mm-hmm. he's like basically high on LSD, and it introduced me to the concept that maybe you just don't stop tripping on LSD, and it oh. just freaked me out for the rest of my life. Ooh, yeah. Because it felt like so when I was a kid, I had Alice in Wonderland syndrome. So mm-hmm. watching watching their depiction of his never-ending LSD trip felt like like oh yeah, that was my childhood. Like I would yeah. just have uncontrollable random LSD trips apparently, and they were awful. Wow, um, what what causes Alice in Wonderland syndrome? It's just like a brain growing weird. Hmm. I'd uh, I mean I've. I've only looked into it like very briefly enough to go, Oh yeah, that's what I had. That's like, I don't remember where it came up, but it was like, Oh yeah, that, that describes every single symptom I had. Well, will you agree to watch the Irishman if it stays at a hundred percent with good reviews? I will agree to watch the Joker. Okay. Have you, have you watched it? I have. Oh, nice. How, what'd you think? So, um, I don't want to tell you what I thought. <laughs> okay. I, I actually appreciate that. Yes. I would. I'm yeah, I'm, it is the, I, I've, it is the movie I want most to watch of all the movies I can think of that are out or coming out. Although there mm-hmm. are a few that actually look kind of cool. Like um, I liked the trailer for the goldfinch. Like mm-hmm. it just looked beautiful, but then the, the reviews were pretty bad. So I was like, eh, the reviews were basically looks beautiful means nothing. And I was like, well, I'll watch it on eventually if I'm into movies and someone's hanging out with me and we want to watch it. Yes. Yeah. I think that, um, I would classify myself as a sort of a cinephile. So I, I almost feel obligated to watch certain movies by acclaimed directors. Would you classify <laughs> yourself as a cinephile or just an entertainment aficionado or somewhere in between. I would classify myself as a um, contrarian cinephile. So I have the same exact feeling. However, I, I refute, I, I basically have this belief that certain people are pretentious and overrated. And I, I kind of almost on principle, like people who, you know, hate, whatever pop musician is, is 
popular at the time. I'm, I'm kind yeah. of that when it comes to cinema. So I'm always like, eh, Tarantino's dumb, and I like, and I hate it. Like, I'm sure he's not, but like, to be fair though, almost every Academy Award-winning film I've watched, probably, probably two out of three, maybe three out of four, I have disliked pretty intensely. Like, didn't like A Beautiful well, Mind. That's didn't been like true. American Beauty. Didn't like. Yeah. like that's been true of half of movies since the year 2000. Um, a lot of even just, previous to that, I yeah. just don't like dramas and what wins is dramas. And I like, and a lot of the acclaimed move, uh, movie producers and directors are all dramatic. Like maybe they're maybe like, uh, they're action, but really they're drama. Like, uh, like a Scorsese, all his movies, even though they're, technically action films i would guess they're all they're all dramas and so that's just i just don't i just don't care for dramas a and b i just have this uh this rebellious streak in me that's like never mm. i'm gonna like whatever everyone else thinks is dumb i'm gonna i'm gonna opine on the cinematic uh vitality of the superhero genre yeah there is one movie that uh, that could be made is in being talks of being made by Tarantino that you would probably like, and he's he's always wanted to make a rated R Star Trek movie. That would be cool. So, and I, I like that. Honestly, is just such a weird match. It almost just makes sense. Well, I think Star Trek needs. It needs to be made by different people. It needs to have different flavors. Like yeah. Star Trek, it's sad that it feels like it's kind of dead. Like no yeah. one talks about or thinks about Star Trek like they used to. And I, yeah. I miss that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been lots of great Star Trek TV. Um, and yeah, but I'm not... excited to check out Picard when it comes out. Oh, yeah, that could be good. Have you seen the new Discovery show? No, I like, haven't. No, me neither. Have you seen the Orville? No, but I want to. Yeah, it, it actually looks like, from what I've heard, it's actually more Star Trek than than uh, Seth MacFarlane. It's it's like his he's it's basically like a three fourths real take on him wanting to make Star Trek, and then like one fourth just you know silly Seth MacFarlane comedy. Yeah, but, yeah. So it looks it looks pretty cool. Like I mean. Now that I have a TV, I might watch that. Indeed, indeed. I'm glad you have a TV. Yeah, we should um we should talk more um but we should save that for our next episode. So, indeed, so, so, it's so, been a pleasure, good sir. It has. So thank you guys for listening. This has been the Freaking Epic Podcast. Mm-hmm.